and welcome to Deep Spirituality, where we are focused on understanding the spiritual in everything while learning to walk with God like never before. Our series, Coming Home, finishes today with our final segment between Russ, Cameron, Parker, and David. So if you haven't listened to the part one or two, stop what you're doing right now. Go back and listen to those episodes before continuing with this one. Don't worry, we'll be here when you get back. Also, make sure to head over to deepspirituality.net for more content on this series and look for the blog post on this episode. Number five, there'll be a short slide deck with the scriptures from today's episode. So head on over to deepspirituality.net to check it out. And if you like what we're doing here on Deep Spirituality, consider giving us a five-star rating and leave us a nicely worded review. We'd love to hear from our listeners. And without further ado, here's Russ, Cameron, Parker, and David talking about what it means to come home. So welcome back to our podcast. We're on the third iteration of our introduction. So uh, when you look at all these, you're just getting an introduction to our theme, Coming Home, which is really based on John 15 and Coming Home to God. And so there'll be a first section, a second section, a third section, just to get you kind of familiar with what we're doing. And I think that everybody's warming up. But I promise you, if you listen to the second uh, episode, um, that um, we would talk about some tips on how to have a great quiet time. And so we're all going to put our heads together on that, and we're going to give you some scriptures and a, and a, and a few points to work with. And then David, Parker, and, and Cameron are going to jump in with you, and they're going to hit, hitch up and, and give you some thoughts about these things. So let's first say this. Um, a quiet time's better in the morning, but you don't only do it in the morning. I work with some guys who used to work the night shift, and I would tell them, look, you know, you got to work the night shift. Your quiet time can be at 2 in the afternoon. And so I think the key is that you try to have a quiet time or a devotional. You try to spend time with God Mm -hmm. and not get too legalistic. Now, I'm not saying that you just, you know, be all loosey-goosey about it. You should schedule it and commit to it the same way you would with the best relationship. But let's just say start in the morning is best, but what is your morning? Is your morning three in the afternoon? Is your morning whatever? So that's one thing. Second thing is get yourself a Bible you like. Mm -hmm. Get yourself a translation you like. The most important thing is that you read it. Use audio Bible. You can use the DVD Bible. Use an online Bible. Use a a smartphone Bible. Just make sure you like it. Find some place to pray that you like, that just just you really love it. It could be up on a hill, a mountain. It could be out by a body of water. It could be I used to pray on a path that I used to love in Foster City, California. Just find some place you really, really like. So here's the bottom line. If you don't look forward to the moment, mm-hmm. you're probably not going to do it. Hmm. And so yeah. that's just a little tip to get us started. Psalm yeah. 4610 says in the Passion Translation, TPT, surrender your anxiety, exclamation mark. Be silent and stop your striving and you will see that I am God. I'm the God above all the nations and I will be exalted throughout the whole earth. And so really what we want to talk to you is really four tips about getting beyond the quiet time or what we call finding God in an anxious world. So the first step is surrender anxiety. The scripture is teaching us that you're not going to be able to see God unless you surrender anxiety. And what, what I called that in my talk the other day is we have to stop being control seeking. And I know that I do that a lot, just trying right. to get control. And so on this first one, I just want to bring the guys in and getting beyond the quiet time. What do you guys think about surrendering anxiety and the idea of not being control seeking? I think that's a big point to start out with just as far as thinking about a quiet time or having a relationship with God because really God is in control of something I'm learning. It's, I'm not really, uh, but I try to control so many areas of my life. And right. something we were talking about 
Uh, well, I'll, I won't go to the striving. Yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself. But the surrender, as far as anxiety, I think I get anxiety from the striving. That's why I was thinking about it. That's but right. also anxiety just around I'm worrying about all kinds of things on a day-to-day. I think I wake up pretty anxious just yeah. about everything I have to do in my day. Can um, you tell people how when you wake up anxious, how that can affect anyone's right. ability to go mm-hmm. to God? Yeah. I mean, because I, I, th- I think I need to get it done. And, I, and that's where I think the control comes in where I'm like, okay, well, no, I don't have time. So I have to go do this. And it's instead of seeing that part of surrendering anxiety uh, to me is I need to understand that, no, my relationship with God and spending time and reading, praying is actually what I need to be calm or focused even or even productive even. Like I can't – I'm not going to be able to – Why would your relationship with God produce calmness? Can you can – you Right. Just- I think, well, in, with me, when I talk about my anxiety to God or, and, and be able to, to say those things, it actually is a – it unburdens me from ah, that a mm, lot to where yeah. I'm not carrying it. It's like a weight that, I'm, that I wake up with and I'm trying to squat 350, right, you know, and I can't right. do it. And God's not only a spotter, but I feel like he lifts that bar off of me and I'm able to then go throughout the rest of my day without that. All right, that cool. Way. Yeah, that's very cool. You guys, you yeah, thoughts? I I agree with Cameron. I think something that helps me out because I'm a very anxious person. Also, a lot of times I don't even realize it, um, but uh, I have to reread this Philippians four. Has the whole book of Philippians is, uh, in fact, talks a lot about it. Talks about anxiety stuff, but um, verses six and seven basically just talk about don't worry about anything, pray about everything, and. Um, basically if you just talk to God, tell him what you need, then, then you get that, that God's peace. And this is really like a promise. It says like, Hey, if you just do these things, if you just talk to God about it, then you'll get that peace. Um, and there's times like I've gone out, um, I'm not as many as I should, but, um, like remembering the scripture and having to like hold to this and actually going out and not coming back until I actually felt that peace. Cause, um, yeah, like Cameron's saying, like, like my whole day is like, just so much different if I'm like calm or if I'm anxious and um like especially if I'm anxious about school that's probably the biggest thing I'm anxious about or my family or um just different things in my life like the only way I could really find peace about that is is if I go to God and like let him handle that because most of the stuff is like out of my control right and I just get anxious about stuff completely out of my control yeah yeah well can I just sort of add to it because we were talking about perception as being the first part I think part of me giving my anxiety to God is, is changing my perception of like, oh, he's, he's actually in control and this is not – me anxiously doing this right now isn't going to solve it. Like and yeah. it's, it's allowing it's, – it's changing that perspective I guess is the better point of, of like – or maybe the better word of like um, just understanding God um, more. And I, and I guess that does speak to perception and soul awareness. It but, does. Because I think – That's I, a brilliant point. Because yeah. I think what you're saying is – that until you can get your perception on straight, you can't make an emotional connection to God. Yeah. Which is the second mm-hmm. thing in the in the in the five steps is that if the if your world and mind are turbulent, right? And you know, one translation or mo- multiple translations describe it not as surrender anxiety, but as do you guys remember it? Be still. Yeah, be still. Yeah. Be still. And so, be still. Stillness. I like that. Is the absence of anxiety. Proverbs right. fourteen thirty, I believe, in the Amplified version says a calm and undisturbed mind and heart right. produce health in the body. Right. And so when I listen to you talk, that's yeah. what I'm feeling. Yeah, because the be still and know that I'm God in that same that's version. It. And I think when you know that God is God, that you re- what do you really have to worry about? Because you're not in control anyway. And I think it's that that false perception is is thinking that you are or thinking that, I, oh, 
And I, and that's that's so often for me why I need that every every day. David, do you do you ever feel anxiety? Well, yeah, I'll just <laughs> you know. Why is everybody laughing? Why is everybody laughing? What is that? What? <laughs> You should see right now my legs all jittery. So, um, I mean, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't the coffee. So, I mean, and he's or, underneath well, the table, yeah. <laughs> in a fetal position. No, just kidding. Uh, well, I mean, Parker, you said something really great earlier. You said you know you don't even realize that you're anxious, and I I would say that's actually I was laughing to myself because that's exactly where I was not that long ago, and even I can get back to that spot. I haven't like arrived from it, but. Like you can like there was this time I remember someone looked at my like, Google Calendar and they saw like the whole schedule and there were bars everywhere, oh, wow. different colors and all that. And they're like, David, aren't you like do you get advice about this? And I realized, no, I'm, I feel pretty good about it. And people were like, Well, how do you feel when you spend time with God? Do don't you ha- can't help but feel anxious looking at this? And I was like, I don't I don't feel anxious and I really didn't. I didn't think I felt anxious at least at least. I didn't I wasn't aware that I was anxious. So I think I wish they saw that slide, um, the one with uh, yeah, soul awareness right here. Um, because I don't think I was even aware that I was anxious until I would have some, some meltdown basically. Um, (laughs) but in the morning I'd say, Oh, because I feel groggy, I'm not anxious because to be anxious, I need to be hyped up and have a heart rate of this, this number. Right. Right. So I think, um, first, even just being aware that I am anxious, like it, for me, it was been helping me recently just going out to pray before I go read. Um, because there, there'll come things that there'll be things that surface that I wasn't even aware that I was anxious of before I go out to pray. Um, and that will help me be way more open to actually reading the Bible and being able to understand this is what God's trying to tell me, not just get it done. Right. And I think it's a humility thing too, with the, to start, because it, I think there's a humility to even admit, like you said, that to be aware that you're anxious, because I, I think that's one of the things for me. I deceive myself all the time and I have an anxiety disorder, but like mm-hmm. I can be like, oh, no, I'm good. I don't feel it. And I think it's it's that humility to go, oh, no, like he is God, like God is bigger. Like I am this anxious person that needs help. And mm-hmm. I think I think that's kind of establishing that relationship early on or, or when I spend time knowing that I need it's that, I guess, that awareness of that need. Um for God is part of, I guess, what anxiety is supposed to show all of us, I think, because everyone, I think it's in the Bible so much because everyone really is anxious, like, don't be afraid, don't <laughs> yeah, be worried, yeah, don't, yeah, I think right. we're just, we worry, you know, yeah. and uh, especially when we're not focused on God. It's, so. I think what you said, it's really hard, at least for me, to admit that I'm even an anxious person, right? Like, right. Um, that's basically me saying, I don't have it together, right? And right. I think that's probably one of the worst things I tell myself more often than I want to admit is well, that you, you mentioned something we were we were on one of those those conversation talks we yesterday or the day before I can't remember when sure, it was sure it was the day before yesterday yeah. yeah and uh you said something really cool to me and I was talking cuz I my anxiety I think largely comes from fear hmm. right and that comes from fear of not being able to have control yeah mm-hmm. uh and I learned a lot about that when I, I was reading a book uh, adult alcoholics uh, adult children of alcoholics I oh, read wow. that book and it it talked about some of the reactions that people have to uh, disruption in their life or whatever is they try to grab control. Hmm. And that a lot of my desire to grab control is I don't ever want to be in an unstable situation. Um, and hmm. I get, and I can get fearful whether it's a uh, 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 relational fear, fear of failure, uh, uh, fear of the future, uh, fear of change, um, whatever those fears are, and that produces my anxiety. And I think soul awareness is really getting to that point where you're so aware of your connection to God that you realize something is disrupting it. Right. And I think a lot of times it's fear. And I was wondering, because you mentioned 
FOMA yesterday. Is that FOMA. how you say it? Uh, FOMO, yeah. FOMO. FOMO. I was wondering FOMO. what you were talking about. Yeah, FOMO. Yeah. You guys are missing out. Yeah. yeah. You're missing out. Well, I was going to let him have it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going well, to let him take it. Out. Russ, why don't I tell you what you FOMO just, stands for? You like, pick it and steal it. <laughs> Everyone knows FOMO. It, it's David's insight. Yeah, well, I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm a sucker for hockey. They use that for, um, NHL used that for a slogan for a while. They said, FOMO, you're missing out. So get this, like, package so you can watch your live games on your device. And <laughs> I, that's actually where I first learned about FOMO. I, the, the, Slogan so or, I'll tell you something. I was I was talking to a guy, a friend of mine, who uh, is a a, a a movie guy, film mm-hmm, guy, mm-hmm. and uh, you know not 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 a he's a really cool philosophical guy, not a Christianary guy. But he and I were talking, and he said I was telling him about entertainment today, and that I feel like too many movies are dark, mm-hmm. and that one of the reasons that movies like The Greatest Showman surprised Hollywood and critics is because it's a hopeful movie, and mm-hmm. it's almost like people feel like if it's not dark, if someone doesn't die. If it's not bloody, if someone doesn't commit suicide, if the people don't end up divorced at the end, if the child doesn't run away, or if the child who ran away who was about to come home doesn't die on the way home so that, you know, you don't have to have it's like it's like sometimes yeah. you watch these movies, you're like, Good grief, man. You put me through all that emotion yeah. only to like go, Okay, the world is 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 dark. Right. And I said, I don't understand why so much, especially in a time in our country and around the world, which seems so chaotic and so turbulent, why like in the around the forties and fifties, after World War Two and World War One, obviously, I know that was in 1917, 18. But after that, movies that came out were like, it's a wonderful life. Right. Those are the kind of movies. And there are a lot of critics who panned The Greatest Showman because they're like, well, that's just hokiness. It's not reality. You know what I think? I think we all have enough reality. What we want to do is go someplace where we can get some hope. Right. And, and, and I asked this guy, I was telling him this whole thing. He goes, well, you know what, Russ? He goes, it's a lot easier to do fear than love. Ooh. He goes, it's much easier for me to make a film about fear than love. And I think part of what we all experience in society today is that we've got politicians who instead of a politician telling us – I was listening to one of my favorite guys, David Brooks, and he said, I think we need a president. The next president needs to be a manager. And he told some story about Mitch Daniels or whatever, the former governor of Indiana. He said he's just a manager. He's not super charismatic. He said he came in, and before he was governor – I forget the numbers, but I'll just exaggerate them a little. Um, before he was governor, you went to the DMV to get something. It took 40 minutes. Now it took, and then when he took over, it took eight minutes. And he goes, we need that. And I think some of what's happened is so many parties are trying to make us afraid of different kinds of people. And I'm not just talking about one group or the other or afraid that, you know, you're going to be homeless with no health care. Everybody's trying to make everybody so afraid. And I think we right. all get, we're starting to get more anxious because we're like, right. oh my gosh, is, is it going to be a nuclear weapon from North Korea? Seriously. Is it going to be a terrorist who blows us up? Is it going to be the economy falls apart? Or is it the rich people only get rich? And everybody's like freaking out, freaking out. And I don't even think we realize how much it affects us. Right. And when you wake up to that, you're afraid. And so yeah. maybe you're not afraid of those things, but it makes you more fearful in general. Right. So then you start going like, oh my gosh, I heard this person died of this. Maybe I'm going to die. I heard this person's spouse right. did this. Maybe that's going to happen to me. And I think a lot of anxiety is created because we don't first identify our fears. And part of that first step of uh, surrendering, surrendering anxiety I think is identifying your fears. And so when you go out to pray, sometimes you got to pray before you read. Like you were talking, Cameron, right. you got to pray before you reach and clear your mind and say, okay, I can't control you in this anyway. Like you're in a very intensive program over at Santa Clara and pre-med and, and, and you, you are doing well. Uh, that's just a fact. But 
I think there's a tremendous amount of stress you're under all the time. I mean, right. you're yeah. taking like you took organic chemistry. Was that your freshman year you took organic software, chemistry? Yeah, sophomore, yeah. you took organic chemistry, and then you took another kind of chemistry, I think. Uh, ge- well, general's for freshman year. General freshman chemistry. year. And then, did you take what was it? Oh, neuro- biochemistry. Biochemistry. Junior See, that freaked me out. You just telling me you were taking that freaked me out. <laughs> I was like, I, I went home, couldn't sleep. <laughs> goosebumps. You know? <laughs> and, and, and what it is is, so you've already got, like, I think sometimes we don't even realize how much stress right. is on us mm. just living life. Mm-hmm, right. And so then that creates fears and we can wake up and we don't even know it. We can wake up and be like, I'm I'm really afraid financially, mm-hmm. but we don't think it because we can't see it. So we just feel anxious and then we run out and get a second or third job or we start, you know, trying to figure out how we're going to be able to pull something off financially because of our fear. And so I think part of surrendering anxiety and control, not control seeking, is saying I'm OK. Right. I'm not going to be afraid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally and I think, I think I think that's some place we got to get. More, so when you're having your quiet time in the morning, a good place to start is go out for a prayer first and ask God to help you identify your fears. And once you identify your fears, then you got to do number two. Be silent. Be silent. Don't go around trying to seek attention to resolve your fears. Because what we do is we try to get attention from people right. or we try to get somebody to come and solve our problem. Right. Instead of being silent with God and saying, God, I'm not going to run. You, you were talking to Cameron, you know, all the tasks you got to yeah. do. Or you were talking about being mm-hmm. a task. Make. We, I do that. You start sitting there and you go, your fears build. And then you right. remember when I'm praying, sometimes I'll remember stuff. Oh, right, man, right. you forgot to get that fixed. Right. Oh, you forgot to mail that later. Check the oh, bank account to- really quick. <laughs> <laughs> and so what happens is you start. So I'm praying. I'm praying and I'm reading, but I'm yeah. getting this list in my head. I'm pulling right. out my smartphone going, I got to write that down because right. I don't want to forget right. to do that. I thought it was supposed to be more it. calm after this, right? <laughs> making it the opposite, right? Well, I'm in the middle of it doing that. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm not that. at the yeah. end. I'm in the middle of it right. doing that. And I think then you got to you gotta go. I think what I've learned is I have to go and I have to be silent mm-hmm. and right. say, and, and you know how you, do you have a thought part on how you can be silent? I mean, for me, what, what it is, maybe you're thinking about something different, but. Like if I just talk about everything I'm I'm afraid of, and then like I do stuff like write stuff down, like oh I have to remember to do this. Yeah. But then like once it's all out there, I'm just like, I'm I'm silent, I'm chilling. But what? Are, and, what and and I think I'm talking. About that. I'm saying once you make your list, mm-hmm. don't go run and do your list. Right. Yeah. Don't go try to get the attention of somebody. Don't go try to make yourself feel better. Be silent in that stress. Uh-huh. Right. And say God, what does it say in Psalm 42? He says, I thirst for you, O God. And then it goes on and he says, I put my hope in you alone. Right. You are my hope forevermore. Mm-hmm. And I think silence is the is that moment you were talking about, Cameron, right. where you forget everything around you and you zero in and you go, I trust God with my finances. I trust God with my grades. And, and you don't leave that right. silent moment until you do it. Right. And you take that anxious list. And you say, and that's when, you know, you, David, you were joking about your foot tapping. That's when your foot stops tapping. Right. Your heart rate stops tapping. You, you know, I was, uh, I was having a quiet time the other day, and uh, it's probably dumb to talk about, but I'll mention it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and um, my, uh, I, you know, I got the little device that I wear. My device recorded my, my, uh, my pulse at 49. Oh, and, uh, and and uh, And I was like, holy moly. Because I'd reached the level of, it's normally about 58. So I'd reached a level of calm right. that dropped me down into a space that I didn't even know. I have a record on my little right. health indicator, right? 
And usually it's athletes and junk like that that can get yeah. down there. And I'm not saying I was there the whole day. Right. I'm just saying because I could see the timestamp. And the timestamp was exactly when I was talking about There's probably that's a doctor so out there going, you were dying. <laughs> 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 or that's not accurate. There's no way. Right. Okay, whatever, whatever. Don't steal my joy. Right. No, but that's real. Having that kind of uh, peace that you get when you just stop going through the list, like you were saying. And I think, I think that's like, I usually think of, oh, I'm not being distracted because I'm not like physically doing all these things. But in your, in your mind, in my mind, I'm just, I'm running through the list. I'm thinking about things and I don't allow that quiet. Don't, and I can't hear God. I think about that scripture. I can't remember what it is where he's not in like the cloud. He's not in the, in the fire or like the thunder. It was like, he was in the, he was, he came in a whisper. Right. And that's Elijah. Yeah. That, that to me is is really being able to listen to God is you have to quiet your life down and, and give God time and, and the space to even listen to God and yourself the space to listen to God because I think, yeah, you're not going to find it in all that other that's stuff. That's beautiful. That's and, a beautiful job. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that, I... That, that, that's exactly what I was... I was about to say something like that, not as well phrased as that, but, <laughs> but yesterday as I was saying, like I, like I usually make the list, this is like when I have one of those good... Why actually good prayers where I actually feel like connected, but like make a list of anxiety stuff. And then, uh, like Cameron said, when I'm not like when that stuff is not like clouding my mind, which just happens all the time. Like I could just think so much about everything I have to do and every where I have to go and stuff like that. But then I can actually hear stuff. And that's when I like ask questions of like, how am I supposed to like love this person today? Or how am I supposed to do this? Right. And that's yeah. when you get the answers yeah. on mm-hmm. stuff. So you have like, so what I did the other day is I made the anxious list and then I was like able to ask questions, actually get answers. Like, like it's crazy when you're at that spot when you could like be like, oh, how am I supposed to be nice or how am I supposed to do something? I ask questions like, oh, that's what it is. And you just like <laughs> right. get answers like, yeah, what is going on? Clarity, yeah. but, right. but it's hard because like, yeah, when you can get so, like, See, so I, much. I think what right. you just described is coming home. Right. Mm-hmm. Coming home is getting into that space where you can let go of the anxious list mm-hmm. and you can start to focus on loving God and loving people and doing right things because you can't control the anxious list. Right. That was a sweet description of coming home. That's exactly what coming home is. And it's also uh, a, a, a segue to the third point about having getting beyond the quiet time, having a better quiet time, is stop striving, status seeking. Right. Yeah. And so I think part of stop striving is, let's say we're making a list of anxious stuff, is maybe you sit down during the stop striving section and you go, what on this list do I need to cross off? Hmm. Yeah. What on the, cause I'm only going to be able to get so much done today. So what am I worried about that? I really, I, I, you know what? I don't right. need to do that. Cross it off and forget about it and stop striving. Cause a lot of times what's on that list, some of it's connected to status, what people think of us, yeah, right, how people right. feel about right, us. Right. You just got to get rid of it. Well, Probably you know, a lot of that is right, a, yeah. a, lot of the, a lot of that's people pleasing stuff. On yeah. That yeah. Right. Like I better do that or Joe won't like me, you know? <laughs> right. And, and, and you know, at the end of the day, you want everybody to like you and you want right. to care about everybody, but you know what you'll find out. And especially as you get older, none of you guys are within even closest to 20 years, not even within 20 years of me. So one of the things that happens is you end up looking at your life and seeing you've burnt your life up trying to make people happy who could care less about you. Right, that burnout, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think probably people that are really Christian-oriented will be like, no, you shouldn't feel that way about anybody. No, no, I'm sorry. There are people who want you to please them that could care less about what happens to your life. <laughs> and if you don't stop striving, you'll be led in directions you shouldn't go in. Mm. And so a lot of stop striving is you stop status seeking. You stop thinking, 
hey, uh, I have to reach this goal or I won't feel good about myself. Right. I have to get this GPA or I won't feel good about myself. If I don't get to go to Mount you know, Kilimanjaro, I won't feel good about myself. <laughs> like, yeah, get rid of all that stuff and just go, you know what? I'm going to stop striving. And in basketball, they have a phrase. Nathan, who's our producer, knows what the phrase is. They said, let the game come to you. I was never any good at that. I knew that too. You did? <laughs> How do you know that? basketball guru that's how i know that no no i want some detail i want some facts <laughs> uh, i just heard that they before. do my producer just told me never to get distracted and go off in meaningless directions but i'm gonna have you have you tell me how do you know that phrase from plant yeah actually nathan probably told me that's sick <laughs> that's, that's, sick. Sick. that's sick. sick so when you watch a basketball game or a football game the calmest players are the players who let the game come to them so the greatest story is joe montana in the super bowl and the very final seconds of one of them, I don't remember which one it was, uh, the team was nervous. They needed to score a touchdown, and everybody was nervous. And he pointed up in the crowd and said, hey, do you see him? And it was one of them. I don't even remember the guy's name. Bill anymore. Murray. No, it was a different guy. I thought it was John Candy. He, oh, he yeah. pointed up, and he's pointing saying, hey, do you guys know John Candy's at the game? And they all looked. And in that moment, he reduced their stress because in that moment, they stopped thinking about, we've got to score this touchdown. We've got to accomplish this thing. We've got so much pressure. And they were just thinking, hey, it's John Candy's at the game. I think stop striving wow. is a lot like that. It's going, you know what? I'm not worried about it. Hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to get bent out of shape about it hmm. at all. When you surrender anxiety, be silent, stop striving, Psalm 4610 tells us, then you see God. So in other words, if you look at that, David, seeking God requires that we do what, do you think? would be the three-step process? If you look at those lower words, does that mean anything to you? The three-step process to getting to seeking God. Anybody got any thoughts on that? We've got you a screen in front of us. I mean, you, I mean, I don't know about the bottom words, but I think it, I mean, you give up control for one, but I yeah, think it's, yeah. it's the... So if you, so the theory behind this is, I'm not saying my theory is right. You guys can tell me where it's wrong in another mm. podcast. The theory behind it is, if you want to seek God and really seek God, it's not about having a quiet time. It's about first you got to let go of control. Right. Then you got to stop looking for attention. Then you got to stop striving for status. Mm-hmm. And only when you right. put all those aside can you actually see him. Matthew 5, that says, 5, 8, Matthew 5, 8 says, only the pure in heart will see God. Purity is not mm-hmm. the absence of sin. It's the clarity of focus. Right. Thanks a lot, everybody, for being on the podcast. We're going to get out of here. Have a great wow. day. <laughs>